All right, here we are. This is uh, the Art Professors Podcast, and I'm going to throw this intro on the beginning of the first 10 episodes because I've been publishing them as a video-only kind of podcast on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash video. That will be the primary source for the podcast, but now I've decided to take over one of my old podcasts called the MFA Chronicles Podcast. So if you dig in the archives before this episode, you'll see that there's other podcasts where I'm talking about MFA Chronicles. So I just decided to take over that that feed, and now it's called the Art Professors Podcast. And starting now, it's gonna be talking about what it means to be an art professor. I'm gonna have some interviews. The first 10 episodes were all solo casts where I'm just telling you my experience. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you'll engage with it and I hope you'll support the YouTube because this is the way it's going to work. I'm going to go every Friday. I'll publish on YouTube and then sometime that weekend, I'll get the audio only version up as well. So I don't know. Let me know where you found it from. I would love to hear from you. Are you listening to it? Is anybody out there? Jump. I, I'm, I can be found a lot of places. I probably won't promote the podcast much um, as far as the audio only version other than on the video version um but if you want to if you find it there and you and this works better for you please listen to it wherever it works better for you but i do hope i get your support on the youtube channel because that's what i'm trying to grow i want to grow the youtube channel to 100,000 subscribers so let's do it and interact with it go go subscribe to it go comment on the videos um find me on instagram find me on tiktok find me on all the places and interact with all the content and let me know what you are digging on um, if you want to add a comment to one of these podcasts and you want some more information about something reach out let's make it happen i'm easy to find all right i think that's it so let's listen to this so this same intro is going to be on the top of the next 10 episodes and then starting episode 11 it'll be no intro and it'll just be what i pull directly from the youtube video version of the podcast peace all right, my friends, welcome back. I'm The Zim. This is The Zim Video. This is the Art Professor's Podcast. For those of you that are new around here, I'm an art professor currently at Northwest Missouri State University. Before that, I taught at San Diego State University. Before that, I got my MFA at San Diego State University. Before that, I went to the University of Washington for my BFA. So I've been doing some art for a while. It's who I am. It's what I do. And welcome. This is the, I think, fifth episode of the podcast. This is where we just break down kind of the experience of being an art professor. If you have any questions for me, make sure you jump into the comment section and let us know what those questions are. And also a reminder that this is a podcast, even though I'm using YouTube as my primary place that I'm putting it out to the world, it is still just a podcast. So feel free to drop the phone in your pocket and go for a walk. You don't have to watch the video. It's an audio. I'm a kind of a podcast purist and I believe pod, the word podcast really represents an audio only format. But uh, of course, nowadays, a lot of people use it for video podcasts and a lot of different things. But for me, this is basically an audio only format. I rarely, rarely ever show anything on the screen that you need to look at. Um, and if I do, I usually don't need to look at it. It's just I just felt like showing it on the screen. Maybe down the line, I'll start publishing this on your favorite podcast catcher, iTunes or whatever, uh, Apple Music, um, Spotify, Amazon Music places like that um but for now we're just doing youtube let's see if we can grow this i mean right now i'm getting like 50 views on each one of these kind of thing so if we get up to the couple hundred thousands of views then i'll look at switching over hopefully we can grow this audience hopefully there's more people interested in this kind of journey it's a free form open conversation about what it means to be an art professor especially from the perspective of somebody new into this game which I think is potentially an advantage that I'm not, I have new ideas. I have new ways of thinking about it. I'm seeing what's been done already and I'm trying to approach it from a fresh perspective and my own perspective and make it the best I can. This week was, I'm not sure what the title of this podcast will be, but this week was my first week um, of actual classes at Northwest Missouri State University, which was great. I am completely exhausted. I want to say as well, welcome any new people to the video. I think we might have some new, or to the podcast, I think we might have some new people because now a bunch of my students know about me online. My online personality will start to 
disseminate among my students. Um, I have a bunch of them following me on Instagram. So hello, we will be talking about you today, but not you specifically, but you in general, just comparing my experience with what I'm doing at Northwest Missouri State with what I've done before at San Diego State and other places. And we'll see where that, you know, just to try to give a holistic view of what it means to be an art professor. And like I was saying, hopefully we can grow this conversation to other people that have been interested in maybe that's your journey and maybe that's what you want to do. And maybe that's, um, you know, maybe you've been doing it for a while and you're looking for a different perspective on it, different things like that. Um, I'm not sure again, I'm not, not sure how long this will be. I'm trying to think the 40, 45 minute mark is what I try to go for. We'll see if I hit it. I have a few things listed here again. If there's something specific you want me to talk about or bring up, let me let me know. But today we'll start with what have I learned about myself in this journey? Um, first week of of school, what what has it been like? What's the difference between teaching at San Diego State versus teaching at Northwest Missouri State University? What are the students like? What is the rhythm like? What are the different things? Okay, some significant differences right out the gate that I can think of um, are the students themselves seem to be less addicted to technology <laughs> or or are intimidated by technology. I can't figure out yet what what is the reality if it's because when I taught at state anything, especially any class that was graphic design related, any class that you would be using a computer as your primary tool, it was open from day one. It was like people were in it. I had to basically ask people to close them in a way, or I would remind them like, let's make sure your attention's up here kind of. Um, oftentimes I wouldn't mind it at all. I would let them still have their laptops open and things, but I do like little meditation, mind body things at the beginnings of my classes. So that at those points is when I say, hey, let's just put, turn our phones over or close our laptops and just give ourselves a moment to breathe or stretch or whatever we're gonna do that day. But this, these classes, and maybe it's just because it's, I don't know. I don't remember my first, first day of classes, any class that had anything to do with technology, laptops were open from the get, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering, but um, here, like nobody has their laptops open. And I just curious about why, like, I don't know yet why um, students aren't already have their laptops. Maybe they understand there's a level of respect that, it makes sense or maybe there's a level of intimidation like they have to be prompted to 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 do the things like maybe they're just not as hungry to get started in a way they're just kind of like whatever i don't know i can't figure it out what it is because they're it, i feel both i actually feel kind of both i feel like there's an some students are intimidated by the technology with at san diego state this is something that's i might have talked about before but and maybe it's a bigger university thing or arts. I don't know. But the fact that we don't have. So at San Diego State, every student got the Adobe Creative Cloud software. Every student in the entire college had access to the Adobe Creative Cloud software for free. For free. <laughs> at first, the first year I started, it was 20 bucks for a year. <laughs> I mean, that was even better. But like or something like that where like right now if you're a student anywhere you can get the adobe creative cloud for like 20 bucks a month still a great deal but then like it went like oh when i first started when i was a graduate student there i learned oh you just had to pay 20 bucks for an entire year that was awesome and then they switched to like everybody got it for free which is like i've just got used to that so when i'm talking to students and asking talking to them about the technology they're going to need to use for the classes I feel I still feel apprehensive and and personally intimidated by saying, yeah, you're going to have to pay 20 bucks a month. Like and and I know and it feels to me like it can be a burden to some students still. So and we do have technology like we do have in my classroom, we have a laptop cart and they have access to that. But it's if you if you're only going to be using it's like you're not going to be able to achieve what you should be achieving as a student if you're only accessing especially as an artist especially as an artist if you're only accessing the the tools you need at a limited in a limited time 
it really feels i mean i guess you could argue that in a lot of ways like if you're doing wood shop classes you're you're not going to have your own saws and stuff like that so you're gonna have to time manage it could be seen that way but i just i mean you know i don't know i really feel like if, if you're a graphic design especially but any art major like you really need to find ways to have the tools you need as 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 um not um as as makes sense as possible like of course it would be hard for everybody to have a table saw if you're in wood shop you know not everybody can have a so so there's there makes sense that certain things like that would be communities but i mean everybody really should have their own computer that works for what they need to do at this point i mean that should just be a given the school itself gives out computers um windows based computers and i don't know yet how well they handle some of the adobe creative cloud software um Probably in most of my classes, it would be fine to, to use it, but there is a Mac, you know, lab. There's a Mac, um, a Macintosh kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what's in there. I think they look like um, iMacs, like, you know, decent iMacs. Um, and then there's also a power, a MacBook Pro laptop cart that they have access to. Um, but they can only use those during times when it's, you know, open to use them. They can't they can't be working in the middle of the night at home on their projects because if they're limited to using the technology on so it's just a i'm still learning how to navigate that conversation with this this institution i don't know i don't know what's appropriate to ask totally and and expect um but they do have the basically right now my way of saying is they're as students they're responsible for the technology whether that means they can have it on their own or whether that means they can, they need to come in and use it so if they need to come in and use it they need a time manage um very but it just i don't know i would as a student myself i would i feel like i wouldn't want to be restricted that way i would feel like i would want to find a way to make sure i had 20 bucks a month to buy the adobe creative cloud find a way to get a computer that can handle it um and work that way that's what i would do i also i encourage my students to ask people in their life to support them to get especially art you know all my students are art students so in graphic design i i encourage them to get a macbook pro and like start right now like ask your parents to invest in that with you and maybe that becomes your birthday or christmas present for the next five years and that's all you get and that's all expected but maybe you can get into one right away the way that i see it right now like basically any macbook pro will be fine just the only upgrade that they would probably want to consider is upgrading the hard drive space um probably i'm i'm working on a 500 gigabyte hard drive that's just way too small so like a thousand like a, a terabyte would be great uh, or something like that or i mean 500 is okay if you have enough external hard space i mean i work with a lot of video so that eats up a lot of the space but if you're not working with video then it can work out too i suppose with a smaller one but those are some of the ideas that and i've had in the past i've, I've brought that up with some of my former students and they come back to me and say hey my parents are buying me a, a macbook pro and like all right great let's go let's make it happen so and i just say you never you can't can't hurt to ask it can't hurt to try especially if this is what they want to be doing it's like start now start get the technology now and have it so you because I'm a big, one of the things I talk about to my students and I talked about many times this week was, you know, you can't, you can't um, kind of force creativity to happen within a certain time every day. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of us are artists do set time aside, but how much time aside do we set and how does that work for you? For me, I need a big chunk. I need like a whole day, you know, because I can't just have an hour, an hour and a half and say, I'm going to be creative. So it usually takes me like that long to figure it out in a way, maybe not that long, but it takes me like 20 minutes or 30 minutes sometimes to get in my studio, start getting, turn the music on, get my tea made or whatever I'm using. It's like, it takes time to ramp up into that. And when you're a student, bouncing from different studio classes and not only studio classes but from a studio class to you know your math class or whatever other requirements you're doing it's like those transitions can be difficult as a creative person so if you don't have adequate time to actually get into that mode of making um and and thinking creatively you need to do it outside of class time you know you need to do more work outside of class time the way that this um 
this school works. I can't, I wish I should have looked this up. I feel like my, my classes were definitely longer than they were like two and a half hours, two and a half, two hours, maybe even they weren't three hours when I was at San Diego state. They were, they were over two hours. They were close to two and a half. Maybe they were like two and hours and 40 minutes or so. Maybe they were around that range. I don't remember. Um, the classes here at Northwest Missouri are an hour and 50 minutes, which is really short for studio classes. And so it'll be interesting to see how we navigate it together as a class. Because again, I, the thing that I want, it, I want to basically train my students to, you know, understand their personal workflows. So I want them to come into this space as if it's their own space. So what can make it comfortable for them? What do they need to do so they can come into this space and it's their space? I know um, I personally don't mind it when my students wear headphones. I don't make a lot of restrictions on other technology if their phones are out and things like that. I do ask them to be respectful, uh, but I'm not like there's a lot of professors that are much more strict about technology and how it exists around them but for me to be creative you have to be comfortable and everybody's comfort is in a different place i talked about this last time like i am personally using my own laptop as starting because i'm just not comfortable using the windows machine the school gave me not even comfortable using the other mac that they gave me um it's i it's like a the 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 keyboard is that whatever era Mac was where they there was barely any travel in the keyboard. It's really it's really hard to to use um, that way. And just like there's just other things that actually kind of smell like I think the previous person that used it had a, wore a lot of perfume or something because it smells weird. You know, it's like so there's like a lot of different things that, you know, affecting my comfort level. So I want my students to be able to get as comfortable as possible as soon as possible, especially considering these studio classes are fairly short. So what can I do to help facilitate that with them and let them know that this is their space? I make sure they know that they can get up whenever they need to. They can do that kind of thing. We, the little things, we play music in the classroom. That's what I do when we're working, um, just on our work, I'll, I'll put music on. It kind of like, I have a really personally, my personal way of working in the classroom is I, I can't stand a quiet, sterile classroom. I just, especially as an art classroom. And maybe maybe other artists have different philosophies, like we want it quiet and focused. I, I think it works better with energy, like t feeding off of each other, especially in this group environment. Like if you want it quiet and separate, I don't know, do that on your own time. But when we're working as a community, you know, have, let there be a little bit of energy in the room between each other, you know, and how that works. And that's just the way I run it. And I, I suppose there's others, I'm sure there's got to be other, another, and you may think this way and, and great. If this is the way that works for you, it's like you want a really quiet space so that like it feels like maybe if there is music playing, each person has to have it on their headphones and it's like, but like the open space is super quiet. Maybe you have a philosophy that that's what you believe will inspire creativity i don't i don't personally like that way i, I personally want there to be a, a tangible palpable energy within the room um that's what i want and and when there's music playing when there's people talking to each other that's what i feel like can inspire that and i want to build community because that's the other thing like sometimes it can be intimidating to break that silence for somebody especially if you are naturally kind of a shy person but if, it, if the room is already kind of bustling, that naturally shy person may be willing to speak up or go find me and talk to me or whatever it might be. Um, there might be might be a way to break that. I don't know. We could you could I suppose this is a great topic for debate. Sometimes maybe I'll get to the opportunity to do a forum of some kind, a panel where we talk about the the environment, the classroom environment and what works better or not. And this will be my argument about it and um i would love to do that sometime that would be great um something like that so let's see what this some of the things that i personally learned about this first week of classes the way that i structured it so it's 
thankfully for me, in a way, I've heard um, from a lot of the, the students that normally the week, the, the school year starts midweek. Um, this year it actually started on a Monday, which is really, I think is really great um, because it just makes it even, just like, to, it just makes it really even. So um, this first week for all my classes was, we none of my classes we did any um, actual work yet. It was all setting up the environment. The first day was setting up the the community. I have I have four four five classes, but four classes that meet twice a week. One class that meets once a week, and I'll just go through my my I'll go through them in the order that they happen. My first class I am in is a typography class. It's about eleven students. Um, no, sorry, scratch that. First class is my photo digital photography class, about 11 students. Um, pretty, uh, it's a it's a quiet group. Um, it's nice, kind of intimate. We have 11 students. We start all my classes except for my one, all of my classes except for, well, actually, no, I'll take it back. Three of my five classes, we do this little icebreaker thing I have. I've been refining over the years. So depending on how many people there are we divide the class in half and then we line up with each other face to face so there's two lines of people looking at each other face to face one line stays static the other line will move for three minutes at a time i set a timer on my phone we you just talk to the person across from you and get to know them and you have three minutes to kind of go back and forth ask different questions what's your favorite color where are you from you know if you already know each other you can say like how was your summer whatever it might be and while they're doing this, they're taking notes on each other. And then we, every three minutes, we rotate one line rotates until um, everybody has talked to each other across from you. And then we split those two lines up into two separate groups and basically fold them over. So let's say each line was 10 people long. The next group will be five on like a two groups um, or basically kind of four groups of five. Um, and then the, we would do that same process and one line would move, one line would stay. And then after that, those four lines will then break up and just form a little circle. And then you do that process again, where you just talk across, you know, do like a five person get to know each other or depending on how big the class was kind of thing. Um, and so that's where we start. We do that. Everybody's taking notes on each other, learning about, and then we get into a big circle and we do this kind of process where the person across from you introduces you. And usually it's a wedge. Usually it's like two or three people across from one person. So the, the three people will introduce the one person. And it starts with like, hi, I'm Zim. I'm introducing Jenny. And I learned that Jenny likes the color blue, you know, and the next person is like, hi, my name is Frank. I'm introducing Jenny. And I learned Jenny likes to go horseback riding. You know, it's like those. And then we just kind of click around the circle and do that. And it gets kind of gets people knowing who they are. Maybe some people don't, you know, will discover some common interests. Oh, it's like, oh, I'm from that place too. Or I, I like movies too, or I like whatever it is, you know? So it starts to, it, it gets the, it gets the environment talking to each other. It gets the environment, it gets community building is really important to me. And I think it works for the most part, you know, the, the classes that, yeah, I think it works for the most part. I, f I feel like the energy is good. I feel like nobody hates it. Um, I did have one student that was a little surprised that I was going to be a part of it too. I was like, yeah, I'm part of this community too. They thought they were just like, oh, I have to talk to my teacher. There's some of my younger students, it goes both ways. Some of them are eager to get to know me as a professor. Some of them are like still maybe have that, you know, high school nature of things. Like there's a division or they're just used to there being a division between the professor and the students where I'm not that way i'm like we are a community together and i know there are still lots of uh, college level professors that like that orientation of being i'm the person that knows more and they want that i'm not that type of professor some one of the things that they've told i told my students um a few times i don't think i told every class but was there's a desk in the front of my class and i said you'll never see me sitting at that desk because it's like there's there is this perception i'm a big perception person it's like how things are perceived what we 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 make judgments on things visually first we see something we make a judgment on it and then we either give it a chance to change our judgment or we dig in and 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 think that's the the way it is um 
it's kind of how we as people we kind of can tend to perceive things so one of the things i make sure that my students know and what i want is you know how i revolve in the space is like i'll i try to avoid as much as possible this i'm your professor look up at me kind of vibe it's more like we are in this class together to all learn and grow I'm here to learn and grow to be a better professor, to learn more about you. So, you know, like I'm here at just as much to learn things. You're here to learn what I have to offer you. You know, it's like we're both here to learn. We're both here to grow. It's just our roles are just slightly different. And we and they are now, for the most part, adults. I know it's sometimes hard to see it. Maybe as we get older, as people, um, we still see they are still young, especially like the fret, the first years and those things. There's definitely a youngness that still. But but the truth is, I I believe I want to treat them as adults and expect them to act as adults. And if I am still putting myself in a position of, of authority above them and and attached to that position of authority, how can you allow them to stand in their own position of authority as an adult? I think that's something worth worth considering and thinking about. So it's like if we're all in it together, then um, I think that helps the, the the growth because it's. I mean, there is just. I mean, I still have it. You know, my professors from my graduate school experience. It's really hard still for me, even though I'm like older than all of them. It's still hard for me to see myself as like a peer to them because they were my professor. It's like in it's in it's entrenched in our society kind of way but you can either exacerbate that idea or you can kind of try to find a, a kind of way to ease it a little bit and I try to find the way to ease it so one of the things like I said I, do, I just won't sit at the desk like I'm the professor you know I circle the room I try to have as many opportunities to make the room a circle as well like when we after we do like I said, after we do our little get to know each other, we form the circle. It's like the circle. I'm a big fan of the circle. As, as, as many times as we can use the circle to talk to each other, I want to. So first class, digital photography. Second class is the class that I'm personally most excited about. And I've discovered even within this short period of time um, what I think I want my future to be as an art professor but my second class is the two-dimensional design class. Um, it's like the foundations class, and it's all first years or, or really, you know, first years or maybe some sophomores, but I think mostly first years. But it's that opportunity to talk to students. This is my largest class. There's like 25 or six students. Um, I think it started at like 20. I think 28 is the max. I think I had 27 for a minute. I think one one person, I think I'm at 25 now. One person left before class started. One person left after the first day. So now I think I'm at 25, which is great. Nice, nice, good number. They all seem it's pretty energetic. Um, bigger class, so obviously more personalities. Um, trying to navigate, you know, obvi obviously, well, I don't know, obviously. For me, I want, my goal is to be, like, for all my classes, to be the best professor they've ever had, and how can I do that? And I believe the best way for me to do that is to be a human being and let them know that I'm there to support them, um, regardless of the content, whatever the content is, we'll get through that. But if, if they know that I'm there to support them and I hear them and I see them, I feel like most of the students will recognize that. Some won't, won't ever because they just, whatever their story is, prevents them from, from allowing support to happen or they're so attached to the, if a student is so attached to the idea of being in college means the, I wanna learn everything about that topic, then I feel like they are missing the point and they're missing they're missing so much. But if, if you're a student that's open to discovery, you go to college to, to learn about yourself as a person and people around you and ideas, those are the students that'll get the most out of me. But there are definitely, and it's been in the past, like some students just want to, they feel like they're paying them money for this topic. And it's like, man, you're missing, you're missing so much opportunity if that's all you're thinking about is the topic. You're, you, we know you want to develop relationships. You want to meet people. You want to discover something new about yourself. You want to have conversations. You want to just, like, there's so much more than just 
the topic. You'll get the, you know, study the topic, you know, and a lot of these topics, especially in art, you don't even need to go to college to get your education in these topics. You just pull up Google and masterclass and all the things they have now available online, all the topics that we're teaching in, in art can be discovered outside of the classroom. You don't need to pay a college tuition to do it. So it's like what you're, what you're taking advantage of in college is someone that's has experiences that can talk to you one-on-one that can work with you, that can find the flow for you. If, if you're good and that's my goal i want to know each of my students individually and and try to help guide each one of them to a better place to learn more those kind of ideas so that's the second class and what i was saying like i really feel like what i want to do in the future like the path that i want to go eventually hopefully sooner than later is i want to be a foundation specialist i want to be a drawing 2d design especially three-dimensional design happy to do as well but drawing and 2d design foundations first like i would love to have two two foundation drawing classes and two foundation 2d design classes and that's what i do for the rest of my career or whatever maybe not two maybe not four classes every semester but like maybe three two you know an alternate an, an alternate between that kind of like or maybe like one of each maybe i teach drawing 2d and 3d every semester i have one of each that would be amazing that would be amazing now that i think about it like if i could find a way because i know well from my experience some universities have are big enough to have foundations be a department all in itself you know some universities the foundations are just kind of picked up like each someone from another department will teach the foundation some universities have their graduate students teach foundations some universities there's a lot of variety of how it works but some universities have like a foundations is a department and i could see myself really enjoying just being that because i i really like that initial conversation of especially for a lot of students of what it means to be an artist, you know, like plant those seeds of like what it means to be an artist and what it means to be an artist in a university, what it means to be an artist, you know, it's like, yeah. So, and that, and definitely feeling, I, I, I definitely, I could say, you know, I have knowledge in graphic design, it's fine, all that stuff, but I don't see myself digging in and being like a full-time graphic design professor for the rest of my life you know i'd rather be i'd rather have more conversations about art as a whole than graphic design um specifically um because i feel like there's already i feel like there's a lot of students that just see it as a career they don't see it as a personal expression and i'm, I'm i want to try to break through to those students to say like even though you're doing graphic design, you're still a creative person. You still did this for you know reasons of artistic expression. Don't forget that and find that and nurture that part of this this whole experience. So, my third class start. You know, so those are my two on Monday and Wednesday. My my Tuesday and Thursday classes are. Um, first one is typography. Really small class, five people. So it's like going back to what I was saying about the energy of the classroom, this will just be a quiet class just because it's a so small, you know, um, we'll see how it develops through the semester, but, um, it'll be interesting. I'm learning again. This was the class that like one of the things that happened for me, you know, up to the start of Monday, up, up till like when I got hired till Monday, you know, I was planning, I was, organizing i was doing everything i needed to do as best i could i've talked in the past how like there's only so much i can do because there's there's just that until i'm actually experiencing it i can't complete it and this is a good example of that idea like typography like i had some ideas for the projects and stuff but i don't know specifically what level each of the students are at with the different programs with different ideas so it's like i couldn't complete the class until I kind of knew where they're at. And so I got a little bit more information of where they're at. So I kind of tweak, I'll be tweaking the classes all the time throughout the whole semester, but I, I had tweaked this one right out the gate. This is the best example for me of 
not really knowing what to do until the class started. Um, but basically, uh, trying to find out their comfort level with the with the, with the tools. You know, like what's their comfort level with the tools? Am I able to just go? Here's the concept. Go. Or am I going to have to go like, oh, here's the concept and here's how to use the tool to create the concept. And so I'm still trying to figure that out. And it feels like there's some of that required in this class. I'm going to we're going to have to do like a little crash course or reminder of different ideas in Photoshop and Illustrator and InDesign are the three main programs we'll be using. So there'll be some, OK, this is how you use the, the, the tools as well as now let's make this with it. And we'll see how it goes. Um, see if I might need to. Yeah, we'll see how it goes because I don't really know at what level. Some of the students seem like they're pretty well adapt. Some of the students seem like they might need a little bit more um, time with the tool before they're really able to apply it. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes out, and what, and then I'll adjust how I'm grading them and different things like that. Because, I mean, if you're not, if you're still working on how to use the tool, I mean, if you just picked up. I mean, I don't know. The analogy for some reason I'm thinking of is like the first time you're shooting a bow and arrow, you can't expect them to hit the bullseye. You know, it's like, so how close to the bullseye do they get? What are they doing? To, you know, it's like, so I don't know how how much I can expect them to hit the bullseye with these concepts. But we'll build, we'll build the class together and it should be fun. Um, the next class on Tuesdays and Thursdays is my seniors that are doing this class called um, brand identity which should be fun and again we've already made adjustments to that class a little bit like i was going to start with this project this kind of chocolate bar project that i brought from my packaging design class that i've taught before but then as i've been thinking about they're all seniors and getting ready to kind of get out of here they should all have some kind of their own logos and stuff. So we're going to use their own brand identity as an initial starting of the class. And then we're going to do this larger brand identity project um, and a lot of research based. So again, adjustment like they can either pick. They're going to be able to pick between designing pendant kind of their own brand identity for when they need to use it for letterheads and resumes and different things um, and websites. Or they can do the chocolate bar project if like they already have enough of their own or they don't want to waste the time in class on their own stuff they can have another project for their portfolio because i don't really feel like you can have your own brand identity as your own portfolio work it's just because it's already on everything it's like i don't know maybe you can maybe some people do i don't know i just i think they would be better to have a it not be that but Maybe I'm wrong if you are a graphic design professor or a person in graphic design saying, no, no, you could totally use your own brand identity as a portfolio piece as well. I don't know. It just feels awkward. It feels awkward to me. And then the last class every Thursday, one day a week, um, I have this class called Senior Capstone, which is basically what I kind of took it as grad school. We call it professional practices. It's where we get our resumes and cover letters and all those things together um, websites and then so here's another piece that i'm going back to what i said about before with the technology and buying adobe creative cloud so out of so they're all seniors they're all getting ready to graduate and only out of there's 18 in this class so i think there's like 16 there's 18 in that class i think there's around 16 in the design the brand identity class and then like i said there's five in the typography class um, there's 18, maybe 19, actually, I think there might be 19 in the brand or in the senior capstone class. And, um, I asked them all, so this is a good example of circle. So I wasn't sure how this was going to play out. This is the class I'm a little, that's kind of consuming the most of my kind of anxiety in a way, because I know I'm, I don't come from a traditional graphic design background. I don't come from that kind of, you know, working for a firm type of thing. I don't know. I've never been in those environments. So and a lot of the students want to go that direction. So I just have to inform, teach them based on what I've picked up on talking to other people. But I'm also like, you know, the way you might write your letters and write your cover letters and write your resumes. Like example, like artist, thankfully for me, 
an artist and you probably know this if you're a professor you're share you write a cv curriculum vita whatever it's called i don't know cv you 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 write a cv versus a traditional more resume but graphic designers kind of sounds like and looks like they they kind of write a more traditional resume um which I can't stand writing. I just like one of the things I told when I took this class, we had this questionnaire at the beginning of the class that said like just different things. One of the questions is what do you want to do with, you know, in the future or something? And what, what I said was I never have to want to never have to want to give somebody my resume. And I, I was thinking about it because it's like, I'd rather just be hired through word of mouth or something like that. And thinking about it now, when I was applying for grad for, uh, do all these teaching jobs I was like oh I'm kind of giving people my resume but I'm not <laughs> because I don't have to write a resume I'm writing a CV so I've actually manifested this still it's like I'm it's like okay okay I'm not even though it's like even though I am applying to things I have to put all this stuff together I'm not giving a resume and so it's just like it didn't even I didn't even know at the time that 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 would be the reality the CV and to me the CV is so much better than than the resume in terms of how it resonates with me and like and so yeah yeah it's just interesting so anyways we'll be through the class we'll be um we'll be doing that kind of stuff and the one thing that they figuring out like what am i allowed to demand of them because i want them all to have a website am i allowed to demand that they have to pay for a website i mean it's like 25 bucks a month if you do like Squarespace or something like that, you get a domain. I'll have to look at the different prices. But what if somebody's pushed back? Like, I don't want to spend any money. It's like, well, then you're, then we can't proceed as a class. But maybe I can have them, maybe I can have them do like a PDF versions of their website. Yeah, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. So it's ready. They'll basically have a PDF. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. We worked this out together. Those, anybody that can't afford to buy a website will have to do a website as a PDF. That's what I'm going to do. All right. So, so that's kind of what's been going on. I don't know. There's, like I said, I'm, I'm, it's already 40 minutes. This is going to be a long podcast today, my friends. This is going to be a long one. Maybe I'll put a note. I'll go back to the beginning and say, this is going to be a long one, but you'll see it. You'll see it as well at the time the timer um but this is great this has been great it's been great so like and then the second day so that was the first day was the get to know the second day so i said the whole week is um really setting up the foundation like the mindset foundation for the courses we talk a little bit about the projects and things like that get a little sense of what we'll be doing but it's really about the environment we're setting the invite the tone of the class the tone of the environment so the first day is all about community building getting to know each other and I, I say this over and over it's like i'm a firm believer you have to kind of speak it into existence you can't expect something to happen if you're not talking about it and so i'll say all the time we're here to build community just just saying that word over and over and over I mean, it hopefully we'll eventually sink in and we'll find ways to do that as a group, um, those kind of concepts. But then the second day of classes is the day that I just explain who I am. I shared my artwork, went very different than I did last year when I taught these my classes. Last year, I didn't really share my work. I just kind of talked about the syllabus and overall kind of concepts of the ideas. I shared a lot about who I am but I didn't share my work as like a slide, as a PowerPoint slideshow. But this time I started with like sharing my work as a PowerPoint slideshow in a way, but I also had like questions. I asked almost all my students, I think all my classes, like what, how they define art. And then I told them how I define art. And it just kind of, each one was unique though. It was, was kind of cool because I was worried that sometimes if I repeat the same things, I stumble over myself, but each class, based on how I presented, I would talk about it slightly different because of what each class was. And I'd magically in a way made it relate to each class. And I was like, I kind of was like happy about it and proud, sort of proud of myself for it. And it was like reminding myself, you know, I am very capable to teach all these people, all these young adults, what they they need to know because I have experience in all of it. And sometimes I, I can't see my own experience sometimes. Um, and so, 
that was great and then went over just kind of the you know format of the class the syllabus important dates things like that but really to get an hour i take the it took me the entire hour and 50 minutes to do it and that wasn't even enough there's stuff that i'm gonna have to fill in on the first you know the beginning of the classes throughout the semester with things i wasn't even able to talk about like something i really like to talk about or just certain like resources at the school and other things and then also like registering to vote is really important to me and those kind of ideas i didn't even mention that to any of my classes so that's going to be the first thing i'm going to talk about next week the beginning of every one of my classes is going to be like register to vote <laughs> you know like let's make that happen and things like that so um that's what's going on there but i really i and i told my every i think every one of my classes i said something along the lines of this day right here is my favorite thing I love being able to talk to you about who I am and let you know authentically who I am. You get a really good sense of who I am. And we don't just jump into like, here's the lessons, learn it, go. And I'm just kind of like, don't really let you into who I am. I, it's very important to me that the students know who I am, you know, and, and I think I set some groundwork and they a good foundation to let them know, especially you know, I stress over and over that going back to community, but also making sure that they know I'm there to be there. I'm, a, I'm a, there to be of service to them. And how can I accommodate that? You know, whatever it means, it could mean learning more about being a better artist, or it could be, I don't know, my parents are going through a divorce and I don't know what to do. Can I talk to you? You know, whatever, I don't know, whatever it might be. Um, my parents went through a divorce around that time around when I was in college and it you know you might think oh you should be older and it maybe doesn't it, it crushed me it crushed me it messed up my world and so like um yeah and other thing and I've you know I'm I've been divorced I have kids I've done odd jobs I've done a lot of different things I've moved around the country you know, I, I feel like I have a lot to offer that goes way above and beyond just the title of the class, you know, just the, the subject of the class. So, and I want to make sure the students know that because I'm there to, I, whatever knowledge I have, wherever, it, whatever it comes from, it's, I want to share it. And if it can be helpful to my students, I want them to have it and, and going back to being, just being an artist you know, reminding ourselves that we are artists through this whole process. And for me personally, I don't have a distinction between when my art stops and when my life starts. For me, it's all like, I mean, hopefully it's apparent that this conversation right here I'm having with you is art. It is part of my art. Just for the sheer fact of creating something, I'm creating a podcast, but it's like we're we're having a conversation about something that, in my opinion, matters, and then it, and I'm I'm able to share with you who I am, and that's that's my art. That's the art. I don't, I don't. There is no. I mean, I know a lot of artists like to make something, put it, and then out somewhere, and kind of not be like try to let the art totally speak for itself in a way, and like kind of don't want to be, they want to hide in a way from that they want to just have it separate i'm not like that and i understand some people are and you may be that way you may want to keep your you yourself separate from your art i'm just not that way i'm just not that way yeah not that way so a little more like the way so the struct the timing so you got to you got a sense of the classes you got a sense of how i started the first week starting next this upcoming monday we're going to be doing more like we're going to be diving into the projects we're going to start the projects we're going to start making stuff um the other thing just learning for the flow like how is my personal like i talked a little bit about hopefully allowing the students to get into their flow as as a studio art classes and things like and how is my flow going to work um, I'm not entirely sure yet right now. So my first class starts at one o'clock on Monday. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I start at one o'clock. There's another class inside my classroom right before my class. There's like, there's, and there's only a 10 minute gap between the end of that class and the start of my class. And then on Mondays and, and Wednesdays, it's, there's another class in my, my, my room right before me. 
only a 10 minute gap until my class starts and then only another 10 minute gap until the next class starts so that's really tight i don't right now i'm not excited about that i don't like having to feel frantic about getting things together and that's creating some franticness between classes i don't like it i like there to be more breath i really like to be able to get to my classroom like an hour before class set it up and like just have the environment kind of and if students want to come early they can come early start working different things like that but how everything is like packed on top of each other will be interesting it'll be interesting to navigate and i'll have to figure out what and i also my office is inside of the classroom my, my office is attached to the classroom and is far i have to go all the way through my classroom to get to my office and so there's no doorway just to get to my office externally from the classroom um which is a little bit of a bummer i mean i'm used to it from san diego state was tons of that kind of stuff you had to go through a lot of rooms to get to different offices and things like that so it's i i'm not intimidated by it and i'll do it but i just preference wise i would prefer not to have to um because it just i don't know i would just prefer not to have to the other um so but then it's like what i've recognized now is that i've been getting up kind of early like 6 37 maybe that'll start to shift again uh, if depending on how i set up my space and different things um as time goes on but th that's a long time between like getting up and having my first class so i'm i'm gonna have to figure out what to do with myself in that first uh, that time mondays and wednesdays figuring out what to do with myself um, whether that's stay here, eventually I'll have a space on campus to make art, whether that's making art here maybe. But I don't, I have a hard time with when, especially with, since the classes are, have such a priority for me, I have a hard time trying to do something before them. I'm much easier like making my own work after my classes, like having my classes be the first thing I do every day. So I may just allow myself like meditation time, really big chunks of meditation time. I'll probably go down to campus fairly early. Eventually I'll have a space in this, the, the, the basement they call the pit. I'll have a space down there where I'll have a little, I can make art and things. So maybe on Mondays and Wednesdays, I'll just, whenever I, whenever I feel like it, I'll just get up and go to the school campus and just sit in the pit um, in my space down there and make art or listen to music or whatever it might be, just be down there until my first class and I'll go up for my first class. Yeah, we'll see. So that's that's that. Um, that's kind of the, the flow. The, the, on Tuesdays, it's um, my office hours start at nine. So I get in there at nine. There is actually another class in my room again before um, during that time. My office hours start at nine. This class starts at 9.30, I think goes till like 10.50 or so. Yeah, I think it goes till 10.50. My class starts at 11. Um, so it's just, you know, office hours, students will just have to walk through a class if it's still in there. They're, they're talking about trying to move that class to another place, which may or may not happen. It's kind of not a big deal, sort of. But then there's an, luckily between my first class and my second class on Tuesdays, there's an hour gap between the classes, which I love. Love just getting one class shut down, the next class set up. Um, it allows me, you know, time to, you know, just kind of relax and kind of readjust my mind for the next class and then so that's what's happening there and then on thursdays by itself um there's another my one last class is right after that that class but that's only for 50 minutes the the senior capstone professional practice class and thursdays is going to be in my long day because then after that class i have office hours again for we we were required to have seven hours of office hours so um, we're doing that. And then what I'm planning to do is stay on campus till maybe like 10 o'clock. I haven't decided my end. I was thinking more like 11 at first, but it might be earlier. I might do like 10. But hopefully what I want to inspire my students to do is come to my classroom from 5 till 10 just as an as a extra time to have access to me. Um, if nobody shows up, I'll go down to the pit and work. I'll just make it like what Thursday is going to be my day to be on campus the entire day and hopefully not burn myself out while doing it. Um, I'll work on, I'll prep from next week. I'll work on my own work. I'll, if students are in my class, in the, in the space working, I'll work with them and it'll just be this space to really have 
100% dedicated to what I need to do to accomplish my things. I'm this yesterday was Thursday for me. It was my first time I was, you know, hopefully my rhythm will get such that I won't feel t too tired to do that day because I was pretty much done. I stayed at my office out. I couldn't, I couldn't think about prepping classes and different things. I did a little bit of prep, you know, just kind of like from fiddling around, but I wrote down, uh, basically the prep that I did was writing down what I need to do today. Today I have like a couple things written down, a bunch of stuff written down saying over Friday and Saturday, here's a bunch of stuff I need to finish up. Um, and then so for Sunday, hopefully Sunday, I will have nothing, nothing. I'll just be sitting doing nothing. That's my goal for Sundays. When football season starts up, I'll be watching football and those kind of things. But um, just nothing going on on Sundays. And then um, and then Monday comes around again. We start it all over. And then down the line, I'm thinking maybe Saturday will be my art, personal art. I'll make sure I'm making art here. I'll kind of be dabbling with art on campus from Monday through Thursday, but especially on depending on how Thursday plays out. Um, yeah, so I'm feeling like, you know, definitely the job part of being this artist professor, the job part is going to consume a lot of my time and energy, especially now because I'm, you know, I'm building out all these classes for the first time. You know, it's just going to take a lot of. I'll be, I'll be building out things. I think it'll, it'll, there'll be more gaps now because we'll start projects and then I'll have, you know, a few weeks before the next project has started. At some point, I'm going to need to also look at what I'm going to be responsible for for next semester, and if there's anything new there, I have to start. I think I have at least one class that's going to cross over. I'm hoping that maybe I can do digital photography again um, because I know it's offered both semesters and my other counterpart in the graphic design department switches but i'm i'm hoping that maybe i can just teach that again just to take the burden off of learning something new again um if i could swap out a class with her um yeah so anyways that's a little we'll probably talk more about the what how the flow ends up going as i kind of keep going but it, again i've said this before my for me it's very very important not to allow myself to get too tired um and not be making work for myself like if i'm not making work for myself honestly i don't want to continue doing this if i'm not doing for myself it's fun to be i mean i love being an art professor but my my goals are to be an artist <laughs> that's my main goal so if it's if it feels like it's taking up too much of my energy and time to do that then eventually i'll have to make an adjustment but we'll see we'll discover together how i can continue my practice as an artist um and how it goes with this much i imagine it you know right now I, it's really hard to tell because i am building out all these classes it's like there's so much new that it's requiring a lot of my attention and time which is fine. It's just like perfect is the way it should be. And maybe down the line, I'll have a bunch in like a couple years from now, I'll have a lot of, so no matter where I work or whatever's going on, I get hired as like, oh, you need to teach me that class. Okay, great. I've done it before. This is how I do it. Oh, you want to make sure that this is part of it. Okay, great. I tweak something different. It's, but it's not like zero to a hundred. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm at 80 already. Let's, let's get to a hundred, you know, kind of thing. Here's a couple, a couple of other things that I mentioned or I um, wrote down. I have four more, four more things written down. Easier once the semester has started. We already kind of talked about that. Um, it was definitely easier. It's easier. It was like something, it's like the anxiety or whatever it is up till Monday. Once Monday hit, like it, like the, the, the abstractness of being a professor kind of stopped and it kind of started to click into place. Like things are starting to like, okay, we're getting, we're in the flow now. It's like the waiting is over, we're in it. So it really did, it was a tangible experience. Like, okay, let's go. The anxiety of worrying about how other people might think, it's like too late, it's too late, we're doing it. If, if another professor has a problem with the way that I do my classes, well, too late, kind of. I mean, maybe I'll course correct as time goes on, but that's a big anxiety for me is thinking about, am I doing it? it in the approval of how another professor would think about it or how the school in general would think about it. I mean, I have high confidence of that. I'll give my students a, you know, triple A education 
and they'll be better off for it by the time they're done with my classes. And I don't know if if someone in the institution would think, well, I wouldn't have done it that way and it would become a problem. I don't know. I don't know. But I got to let that go. Just go like, hey, let's go. One thing that I think is super important. Here's my here's a big tip. Now, I might actually make this the uh, the title of this podcast today is don't try to read students. Do not try to. I've learned this last year. I learned this. And this year it was, I was reminded of it while I was doing my lectures and talking to the students. You know, it's like you have to have sort of a thick skin is not the right word, but the concept of having a thick skin. Like you can't let whatever you think the students are projecting, like whatever you whatever you're interpreting their their projection of, you can't think you know what that really means and i've i've ran into trouble with it before because i like to be a little sarcastic and stuff and and different things and so like i might say something in the past i might say something oh this student hates me right now or something it's not the case at all they just they have their own they're they have multiple classes they're worried about they have their social life they're worried about they have so much going on that they're they're giving you as much as you deserve you're giving you as much attention as you deserve considering how much whatever else they have in their life so when you're talking to them when you're it's like you can't try to predict the way that they're interacting with you as a judgment on you or what they think about you because they got like all of us have so much going on in our lives and they're still developing as humans you know about appropriate ways to interact with people and different things like that that I would say just uh, try to your best to avoid any like reading of like if trying to interpret an eye of a look of a, a, a gesture a, a way a, a, a thing they said like if you tr- if you avoid trying to interpret anything just if you need a straight answer if you need to figure something out use your professional and world and and life experience to go and find a way to ask them to to get that answer that get that in you know information as direct as possible but you can't try to interpret what they might be thinking or saying or doing it'll just get you in trouble and, and it'll make you it'll be weird so um that's my that's my biggest piece that's a really big piece of advice for anybody and it could even be somebody that's been at this game for a while that maybe is kind of taking it for granted or or has or starting to learn something about themselves and how they've been interpreting things and realizing they've been over interpreting their students too much you know and it's like maybe i shouldn't be trying to interpret my students or maybe like you you think as a professor that's been doing it for a while you you've seen a lot so you think you know a lot so you think every student group is going to react similar the same way and it's definitely evolving i mean it's evolving since when i was an undergrad till now it's undergrads are very different the tech obviously we have technology different obviously we just had a pandemic we went through there's just so much difference going on in life that sometimes it's easy for us to misinterpret so i would i would try to avoid trying to read what i said is read your students but in, try to interpret your students just try to get the the straight uh straight of information as possible however you need to do that if it means sitting down with them and asking them direct questions or it means like i don't know whatever it might mean for you but yeah oh and i put i need a place to sip over class but i've already kind of addressed that with like you know how am I going to, you know, with the schedule and how tight things are and having classes overlap my kind of office hours and just be right butted up right against my other classes. Like I really, I value that time to sit before the class starts. So I'm going to have to figure out where that go, where that happens. And it probably will happen in my little area in the basement of the art school. All right. This one, oh, this is actually not as long as maybe I thought it was going to be. We're about an hour deep. Um, I'll probably edit down some of what I've talked about. My goals for now to the rest of today is to, I have to work on my classes for next week, get ready, get some of my projects a little more tweaked out, get some presentations ready. So I'll be doing that for most of today and Saturday, Sunday, taking the day off. Hopefully I won't have anything to do on Sunday. And then um, 
yeah but if you are enjoying this conversation uh, definitely share it around with other people that are maybe you th you know that might be interested in being an art professor you know maybe people that are already art professors that you're like hey check this guy out he seems to be doing something cool um, let him know be sure to follow me on youtube for sure subscribe follow on tiktok and instagram um, and yeah i really do appreciate the support we're trying to grow this party so keep it keep it growing with us and um look out for more content on the channel coming up every week we're going to be every friday is the goal to publish one of these podcasts so this is number five yeah this is podcast number five and i think today's title is don't try to read your students i think that's what it is um it might be and also first week i'll do that don't try to read your students and first week all right my friends thanks so much for the support and as always be loving kind and patient peace